0: Do you ever find yourself having trouble making up your mind? Of course not. None of you. You always can make a decision just like that, right? No, I think we all do. I think we all struggle with making up our mind, especially depending on the choice and on the decision. Life is full of choices and decisions. Life is basically a series of choices we make every day. We have to evaluate, we have to decide, we have to draw conclusions. It's been said, we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. Okay, never mind, that failed. All right. Well, I'm glad you're with me this morning. Um, The quality of our life will be determined by the kind of decisions we make in life. Some of them we're going to regret And some of you can just instantly think of some things, some choices that you made that you regret. And some of them we will feel great about. A young businessman went to an executive one day and he asked asked him for his wisdom. What's the secret of business success? The man said, wise decisions. Well, how can I learn to make wise decisions? Experience. How do you get experience? Experience. Dumb decisions. The fact is, because we are human, we all have a great possibility for error, for making mistakes. We wait too long, we pay too much, we say the wrong thing. Some of you are making a difficult decision this very week. Some of you don't know it, but tomorrow, you've got a major decision to make. Life is full of choices. The book of James talks about how to make decisions, how to make up our minds. But in order to make up, talk about making up our minds, James first lays out the problem. And the problem that we all face is this: indecision. Indecision. Whether deciding where to go to eat or where to go to school, who to marry, or what to paint the walls, or what gift to give mom. We all struggle with indecision. Verse 8, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. The word double-minded means two-souled, pulled apart in different directions, divided loyalties, divided priorities. In fact, James makes up this word. He makes up this word, but we have all felt that way. When you're trying to do things, uh, do two things at the same time, you're not really sure what you want. Sometimes you, gotta, you just got to make a decision. Double-mindedness is debilitating. It, it makes you unstable. The word is translated confused in many parts of the Bible. It's used, it's used to describe a, a drunk who's staggering and unstable. He's saying if you can't make up your mind, it produces an unstable lifestyle. All your ways will be unstable in constant turmoil. For example, uh, double-mindedness creates unstable emotions. It is a, an emotional strain when you can't decide, when you can't choose. You worry and you strain, you're confused. You can't sleep and you can't eat. You ever been that place where you got a choice to make and you can't make it and you can't sleep and you can't eat? I don't have the eating problem. I do have the sleeping problem sometimes. Sometimes I eat more when I can't make a decision. I'll choose that food. I can make that choice. But you you wonder, did did I do the right thing? Did I make the right decision? It creates emotional instability in your life when you can't make up your mind. Guy goes to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist says, "Are you indecisive?" Guy says, "Yes and no." What do you mean by that? I used to be, but now I'm not sure. Double-mindedness causes uh, unstable emotions. It also causes unstable relationships. Guys, a lack of commitment, especially in marriage, destroys marriages. A lack of commitment in any relationship destroys that relationship. When you can't decide, am I going to be in it or do I want out of it? Can I get on with it? Can I get out of it? Can I get with it? I mean, what am I going to do? instability in relationships. When you're unstable in the job, you're switching back and forth between careers. When you're a parent, golly, you say one thing, I mean, you say one thing and then you you do another or you say one thing and then you say another thing. Give double messages to our kids. I'm never guilty of that. But it causes instability. You can't decide in a relationship. Am I going to get in it or am I going to get out of it? You know, I've, decided, I've realized that, you know, it takes a whole lot of energy just to decide. Once you decide and you do it, man, it's done. But that deciding takes a lot of energy. And then double-mindedness causes an unstable spiritual life. Verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. It blocks our prayers. Indecision keeps God from giving and you from receiving what God has intended for you. Some of you say, why doesn't God answer my prayers? You ever felt like that? Why why doesn't God answer my prayers? Maybe we're not specific enough. Maybe you've never really decided what it is you want. And so you don't have a clear-cut goal. So the problem is, Is indecision. That's our problem. So, what's the solution? James says, Get wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So, you admit that you need it, you ask, and then you anticipate. Admit your need. If any of you lacks wisdom, you know, like I detect a little sarcasm in in his voice. If any of you lacks wisdom, James is the, book of the old, uh, uh, is the book of wisdom in the New Testament, like Proverbs is the book of wisdom in the Old Testament. Listen, we all lack wisdom. It is universal. We all lack wisdom. wisdom. And see, wisdom is different from knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge put into practice. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is making decisions the way God would make decisions. The word for wisdom in Greek is the word sophia. Phila, sophia, philosophy, the love of wisdom. Wisdom means practical application of knowledge. The Bible talks a lot about wisdom. But most of the time, we're just interested in knowledge. The world is impressed with knowledge. God's impressed with wisdom. What, what do you do with your knowledge? Do you put it into practice? Do you make use of it? Wisdom is the ability to make decisions the way God would make decisions. Proverbs 11.2 says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Pride blocks wisdom. You can't learn anything if you think you know it all anyway, right? I mean, if you think you know it all, you can't learn anything. You can't get wisdom. One of the reasons why we never learn wisdom is that we think we have it all together. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, well, if you're saying, well, no, I, I'm good. I know everything. He's saying admission of the lack of wisdom, admitting that we don't have it all together is the beginning of wisdom. I don't have it all together, Father. I don't have all the answers. For some of you, you know, it may be, be, be hard for you to go home and say to your wife, I was wrong. Or to say to your husband, I was wrong. Or to say to mom or dad, I was wrong. That shows how wise you are. The admission of lack of wisdom is the beginning of wisdom. You know, for me, that's never been too hard. Um. Because I am very confident that I do not know it all. That I do not have the answers. Heck, some of the times I don't even know the questions. You ever feel that way? You don't even know the questions to ask. But the key to wisdom is to start by saying, I don't know, God. What do you want me to do? Admit that you don't have all the answers. Admit your need. And then ask. Ask for wisdom. Pray to God. Talk to him. If any of you lack wisdom, James writes, he should ask God. How do you get wisdom? Is it by listening to Dr. Phil? Cosmopolitan? By watching TV? By taking smart pills? Man, that'd be awesome. The Bible says that you get wisdom by asking God for wisdom. That's where wisdom comes from. God. So you... So you talk to him about it, and you ask for wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6 says this, It is the Lord who gives wisdom. From him comes knowledge and understanding. It's interesting that knowledge is different from understanding. If God were to come to you one day and say, Hey, I'm going to give you one wish. You can ask for anything in the whole world. You can have one wish. What would you ask for? Don't tell me, but just think do you know a guy got a chance at that one time in the old testament god came to solomon and he said you're the king of israel i i'm going to grant you one wish what do you want more more than anything else in life and so solomon thought it over and he said i'm so inadequate as a leader i don't know what to do with these people more than anything else i want wisdom I want to be able to think the way you think, to see things from your point of view, to be more, to be able to make better decisions, decisions the way that you would make them. I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to look back on my life and have regrets. I want wisdom. The Bible says that God was pleased with that request. He granted it to him, just like God always gives wisdom to those who ask for it. He said, Solomon, because you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you the other things too, wealth fame, and long life. And so not only did Solomon become the wisest man that the world has ever known, but he was the wealthiest man, a famous person he lived a long life. Now, he made mistakes. But his desire was for wisdom. If God came to you and said, what do you want in life more than anything else? If you could have one wish from God, what would you ask for? Would you ask for wisdom? He says, that's how important wisdom is. The reason we don't have wisdom is that we don't ask for it. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. Over 20 times in the New Testament, it says, ask and it shall be given. And when it says that, it means to keep on asking, to be persistent, be continual. We must ask. So admit that you, need, that, you, that you need wisdom, ask for it, and then anticipate it. Expect an answer in faith. You, you anticipate an answer. He, he says, when you pray, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives continuously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. If you want wisdom, first you've got to ask the right person, that's God. And then you've got to ask it the right way, in faith, believing, not doubting. This means the key to wisdom is prayer, and the condition is faith. You ever prayed a prayer, asked for something, and then later you're talking to somebody, you say, but I knew I wouldn't get it. You prayed for something, and then you're talking to somebody, but I knew I wouldn't get it. You set yourself up. God says, if you can't believe that you're going to get it, then don't even waste the time praying. Pray in faith, believing, thanking God in advance, not not after the fact. Thank him in advance. Thank him in advance. It hinders, doubt hinders God from working in your life. Everybody remember Peter, one of the disciples? Peter's, you know, he's in the boat one day. And, you know, Jesus just comes walking to him on water. Happens every day, right? Guess what? Peter jumps out and starts walking towards Jesus on the water. I'm just going to start right here, a little side note. If you want to walk on water, guess what you've got to do first? Step out of the boat, right? In order to walk on water, you got to first step out of the boat. If, you've, if, if we're going to live in faith and by faith, we're going to have to take some risk. you got to jump out of the boat and take that step of faith, and then God will take care of you. But so Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts walking towards Jesus. So got two guys walking on water. He's got his eyes on Jesus, and all of a sudden, he looks down and thinks, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm just not supposed to be doing this. Instant sink. The moment you get your eyes off the Lord and onto the circumstance or the problem, you're dead. Some of you have a major problem that you have to make a decision on this week. The reason you don't have wisdom is because you're looking at the problem and not the Lord. This giant problem, how will I ever make this decision? How will I ever solve it? I'm, I'm backed into a corner. It's impossible. Guess what? God specializes in the impossible. Get your eyes off the problem and get your eyes on the Lord. If you have your eyes on the problem, you're going to sink. You must believe and not doubt. Hebrews 11, 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe That he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you want to receive anything from God, you've got to believe it in advance that you're going to get it. That's faith. If you thank God after the fact, that's not faith. I mean, I'm sure God appreciates your gratitude, but that's not faith. Faith is thanking God in advance. God wants to give you wisdom, He is eager. Just like it pleased God to give Solomon wisdom, it pleases God when we come to him and say, I haven't the foggiest idea what I'm supposed to do. I need help. I need your wisdom. Ask God. It's it's God's nature to give. God is a giving, giving God. So here's how he gives wisdom. He gives continually. Ask God who gives. In the Greek, that's in the continuous tense. He keeps on giving. He doesn't run out of energy. He never wears out. I mean, God is just continuous, continuous, on and on and on. That's how he gives. He gives generously. His resources are unlimited. He has enough resources for everybody. He's got plenty. And without finding fault, God gives cheerfully. You ever received a gift from someone who... Someone you knew was giving it to you grudgingly, and it just took the joy out of it? Well, I don't really want that. I mean, if you're going to give me that, and you don't really want to, then why am I going to take it? It just takes the joy out of it. They knew, they knew that it, you knew they didn't want to, and so it just, there wasn't any joy in the gift. The Bible says God does not give wisdom that way. He loves to give. It's in his nature to give. You never need to feel embarrassed to ask God for wisdom. There should never be any hesitation. So let me ask you this morning, where do you need wisdom right now? Where do you need God's wisdom right now? What's the big decision in your life? Is it a career decision? Is it marriage? Kids? Church membership? Is it money? It's interesting that James in 5 8, verses 5 through 8, and verses 9 through 11, he gives us a practical application of where we need wisdom. Of all the areas that James could have chosen to give us an example, he chose money. Why? Because more people make unwise decisions and foolish choices regarding their finances than anywhere else in the world. More people are double minded and unstable when it comes to dollars than in any other area. I see so many Christians who are in financial bondage. The point James is making in these verses is that regardless of poverty, regardless of prosperity, we all need to realize that wealth is temporary and won't last forever. Jesus said that you can't serve two masters. You can't love God and money at the same time. We need to decide. Have we decided how much we're going to save? Have we decided how much we're going to spend? Have we decided how much we're going to tithe and how much we're going to give? Have we decided and chosen those types of things? Or are we just just going at it? A couple of things that James says about decision-making. God... Does not want to make the decision for you. God does not want to make the decision for you. It, the scripture doesn't say pray and ask God to make the decision for you. Otherwise, you never mature. God wants you to grow up. When God made man in Genesis one, He made He made us in His image. Part of that image is free will. God gave you and me a lot of responsibility when when he gave us free will and the freedom to choose. He didn't give you the freedom to choose and then override it to make all your decisions in life. That's not how that works. He wants you to make the decisions, but he wants you to do it based on his wisdom. He does not want to make the decision for you. Many times I have heard genuine, sincere Christians say, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to leave it up to the Lord. None of us have said that in here. I mean, it sounds spiritual, right? It sounds spiritual. And sometimes that's exactly what God will tell you to do. But a lot of times the phrase, I'm going to leave it up to the Lord, is a cop-out. It's saying, I'm scared to death, and I'm a poor decision maker. I don't know which way to turn. Therefore, I'm going to accept whatever happens, and I'm going to call that God's will. We've been talking about this over the last few weeks, but the fact is, God's will is not always done. Everything that happens is not necessarily God's will. Because that's why we pray every Sunday morning, the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because guess what? In heaven, God's will is perfect. On earth, not so much. A lot of things are done on earth that are not God's will because we made the wrong decision. We just let things go. Sometimes passivity is the exact opposite of what God wants you to do. He wants you to get on your knees and pray for wisdom until you know the right thing to do. He wants you to make the decision. He will not make it for you because he wants you to grow up. He wants you to mature. Maturity in the Christian life is making decisions the way Jesus, the way God would make decisions. The other thing that I want you, that James, lets us know is God's wisdom is found in God's word. If I want wisdom, I've got to get in his book i got to get on my knees and pray, God, tell me what to do, give me wisdom, teach me principles that will apply to this situation, and then I need to read, and I need to study, and I need to memorize, and I need to meditate on the Scriptures. God's wisdom is found in God's Word. The Bible says in Psalm 119, God's Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It shows the way. And here's the last thing I want to tell you. I want to talk to you about the, the greatest the biggest decision that you will ever make. The greatest decision that you will ever make is this. Who is going to be number one in your life? Are you going to be number one? Is your job going to be number one? Is your family going to be number one? Is money, possessions going to be number one? There is only one thing in this life that will produce stability in your life, and that's when God is number one in your life. No man can serve two masters, Jesus said. You'll hate the one and love the other. The most important decision you can ever make is to make Jesus number one in your life. It's a decision that I made many, many years ago, but it was the smartest thing I have ever done. It changed my life. Not instantly, but gradually. Began a long journey that I am still on. I'm still growing up. I'm still maturing. I'm still learning God's wisdom. And daily, I have to decide that Jesus is number one in my life. The smartest decision you will ever make is to put Jesus as number one in your life and to get in tune with God's plan. Jesus came to this earth to teach us a few things. He came to say that you are not here by accident, that God created you on purpose, for purpose, and he loves you. The problem is, the Bible says, that we've all gone our own way. That we've done our own thing. We've made foolish choices, made decisions where we we didn't consult God, but we did our own thing. The Bible calls that sin. We chose to do what we wanted to do rather than checking in with the Lord. And as a result, we are separated. We were separated from God. God feels distant and far away. And so Jesus came to be a bridge. He died on the cross to make a way for man to get to God. You will only need to make one major decision in this life. Who will be number one? I pray, I urge, I encourage, I plead, if he is not already, for you to make Jesus number one in your life. Not only will he provide incredible stability to your life, but you will receive guidance each and every day of your life. I can't promise that everything is going to be hunky-dory, but I can promise you that Jesus will be with you every step of the way. Maybe that's a decision that you need to make for the first time, or maybe if you're like me, I made that first-time decision so many years ago that I have to do it on a daily basis. Say, Jesus... You're going to be number one in my life. Maybe that's the decision that you need to make this morning. We're going to close with God will take care of you. Hymn 130. And as we sing, the altar is open for you. If you need to to ask God for wisdom, remember, don't be embarrassed to ask for wisdom. God will give it to you if you believe. And so maybe you've got a difficult decision to make this week and you need some help or, or this month or sometime soon or whatever. You need, to, you need help. Ask God and he will give it to you. And maybe you need to put Christ number one in your life. I would love to talk with you this morning, pray with you about that decision to make him number one. Would you stand?